Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm the co-host of the program. Charlie's not here because this is a Dumb Bleep Recap episode. That's right. You know it. Every single week, we bring in, I don't know, maybe 10 of the dumbest things that happened that week. And then the people in the live group who joined up via joingml Dot com, they get to vote on what the dumbest thing is. And then at the end of the year, we bring it all together, tournament style, to the side what the dumbest thing said was in the entire year. It is a big deal, and it is always a very popular episode. So what we're going to do in this episode, and many more like it, we are going to play you the time that we spent talking about this on the Dumb Leap episode. And this is going to be broken down. These episodes are going to be broken down by month. Once we decide what the winner per month is, there will not be a winner decided in this recap episode. All of that voting will take place in our private Discord server, which you can get to by going to joingml.com. We will decide what the winner of the month is. Then we will divide those by quarter. The winner of Q1, 2, 3, and 4. We'll go together in the final four to decide what the Dumb Leap of the Year is. Coming up on December 30th, I believe. It'll be next Friday. So enjoy listening to the recap. It's always fun to go back and see how we were talking about specific things almost a year ago. And remember some of the dumb that occurred. Have fun. Number six, San Jose approves the first U.S. law mandating liability insurance for gun owners. We talked about when they proposed this a little while back. They did officially vote, and it is law in San Jose, although it is already being challenged in court. I don't know if it's going to hold up. The San Jose, California City Council ta- has taken a major step towards passage of a law that would require gun-owning residents of the city to hold liability insurance. A law would also require gun owners to pay a $25 annual fee to be collected by a nonprofit and dispersed to other organizations toward gun safety training, domestic violence prevention, suicide prevention, and mental health services. The two ordinances will be the first of their kind in the U.S., Mayor Sam Licardo acknowledged that this won't stop mass shootings or keep bad people from committing violent crime. So what's it going to do? What is it actually going to do? Well, those fees that they're going to be raising, $25 annual fee with the 55,000 gun owners they have, they think is going to raise about $1.3 million a year for the city. That's what it's actually going to do because the mayor actually said it's not going to stop any any of the violent crime. Okay. However, also, this is just a great law. Gun owners who don't have insurance won't lose their guns or face any criminal charges, the mayor said. Yes, that is right. This law is to encourage people to get insurance. Originally, now they talked about how this law changed from the time it was originally proposed to now. Originally, the annual fees collected were designed to offset the annual cost the city incurs responding to firearm incidents. Now, though, the roughly $1.3 million expected to be collected will be sent to a nonprofit to distribute funds to other organizations, providing evidence-based solutions like suicide prevention, mental health, and addiction services and firearm training or victim compensation. 
Who's going to be running those nonprofits, you ask? We don't know because they don't exist yet. They're going to be later on. The problem for many council members, however, even though they still voted in favor, is the nonprofit has not been created yet, which means there are a lot of unknowns, including how funds will be collected, potential legal challenges, the role of nonprofit and its likely impact, and the city's role or lack thereof in oversight. Council member Maya Esparza, who voted in favor of it, by the way, said such a program will not help residents in her district who often deal with gun violence. She also noted that insurance agents she spoke to said only accidental firings outside of a household could potentially be covered. Negligence or criminal behavior would not. said, I spoke with two insurance agents, including my own, from different companies, and neither of them said that negligence use is specifically covered in their policies. I'm not certain how we can require a specific type of insurance that does not exist. Okay, there we go. And some, a few stats on here during that. This is what they had on their bill, by the way. They put this in here for their stats. 2010 to 2014 in Santa Clara County, 31% of emergency department visits and 16% of hospitalizations from firearm injuries were due to unintentional shootings. Now, here's the issue with this whole thing, among other issues. Here's the exceptions to this rule that they're passing in here. Of course, exceptions. Anyone who's a police officer, except, uh, exceptions. Also, people who have a license to carry a concealed weapon issued pursuant to the California Penal Code. This, this, and this. So if you have a license to carry your firearm, you are exempt <laughs> from the rule. <laughs> it's going to do a whole lot of good. So here's what this basically covers if you can care if you have a concealed carry permit you don't have to get it this is for people who have guns in their houses okay and for basically unintentional discharges of firearms where people are getting injured in their houses is all that this is going to be made to cover but the insurance agencies say that their their plans don't cover things that happen inside of the house <laughs> This is just a really great idea. They're, they're all just really killing it right now. Good job, everyone. What they've successfully done is made it sound like they were going to do something to help with gun violence. So as far as a win goes, they were able to have that win, which they passed a gun control measure. Now, is it going to be determined constitutional? I don't know. I don't know if this is actually going to be constitutional. Who knows these days? I got to, well, we don't have to anymore in Tennessee, but I had to pay to get a permit to be able to, to be able to carry a gun. That doesn't sound constitutional to me. So you already have to do this. And then there's the issue with liability insurance. Well, you got to have liability insurance for your car, right? So the, do you have a right to drive your car? Yeah, they still force you to get liability insurance. So when using something else that could potentially harm other people or yourself, can they force you to get liability insurance? I don't know. There is that pesky Second Amendment thing that's going to get in the way. So we'll, we'll see if this is even going to hold up in the courts. I'm not exactly sure it's going to. And you guys have all heard plenty of people talk about this, I am sure. But the most important thing is that you haven't heard me talk about it. All right. So we are going to play that. <laughs> we are going to play that clip from Kamala Harris talking yesterday. 
Y'all know what she said. I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times, but we've really got to talk about just how crazy this is. And if this kind of thing doesn't get put in Dumb Bleep, then what is Dumb Bleep really? You know, and, and I know that this is kind of some, some low-hanging fruit here, but this does need to be talked about some more because it's getting, it's ridiculous. It's hit peak ridiculousness yesterday. Yesterday was like a holiday for people that are on the left. It felt like like New Year's. It's it's really like on the left's calendar, the New Year starts on January 6th. That's, that's how I feel. We've moved the date back to January 6th, and it's going to be J6 Eve, and then J6 will be the actual start of the year. That's the kind of celebration I felt like we were having yesterday. So let's see what she had to say. Place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. On that day, I was not only vice president-elect, I was also a United States senator. And I was here at the Capitol that morning at a classified hearing with fellow members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Okay, so we'll stop it there for a second. I did want to hear something else that she had to say in this the obvious thing. There are dates that we're just always going to remember. They're just ingrained in our memory. December 7th, 1941, 9-11, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Of course, not only is this dumb and ridiculous, I find it pretty disgusting. I remember 9-11. I don't quite remember Pearl Harbor. But I do remember 9-11, as many of you will. In fact, I'm sure you remember exactly what you were doing on 9-11. I'm sure you do. I, I remember exactly what happened. I remember the faces of the two people that, that stormed into our classroom to tell everyone what happened and going into the, the commons area to, to watch on the big screen everything that was going on. I, I remember all that stuff. Okay, and you've got almost 3,000 people that died on 9-11, and that's kind of the common thing that you'll hear. It's, it's not only that. It's remembering the, the videos of people jumping to their deaths out of windows. They, they knew that they obviously clearly were going to die, but that was better than burning to death or dying from smoke inhalation. Obviously, people on planes that died, people died in the Pentagon. There's, it was a really, truly terrible day that is really ingrained in the memories of everyone who remember, who's old enough to remember what they were doing and, and watching the news for just 24-7 afterwards. And comparing January 6th to that with, with a couple hundred MAGA hat wearing people storming in, without weapons, using flagpoles and whatever else to go in there. The police were able to get them out of the building. A lot of images of people just going in and taking selfies and taking podiums and stuff like that. They broke some windows, I think. Uh, there was a little bit of vandalism that happened. Uh, you guys may remember us covering it live on January 6th. We had it going and we were not in favor of what was happening. Not because I don't like seeing the Capitol overrun by people that are protesting. It's because it wasn't for the right reasons. 
Now, if they were storming in there to protest taxation, then that's a different thing. But when you don't have all the evidence on what occurred in the election, then before you do anything like that, you want to make sure that you actually had the evidence. But people that were doing that, by the way, mostly peaceful thing that happened, people that were doing that truly did think that there was something that was wrong in our democracy. That's actually why they were there. To, that, to say that they were trying to protest democracy or destroy democracy, that might end up being what the evidence shows later, like the, the evidence could show later that there was no election fraud or whatever, that, or that it didn't affect the outcome of the election. But the people that were there that were upset, they were there because they did think that democracy was being destroyed, that the, that the election had been stolen from who the people had voted for. Okay? And so you can't just say that they were there because they hate democracy. They might have just been misinformed. Maybe they were riled up too much. I don't think they even went there with the intent to do what they were doing, but you guys know how protests go. You just go there and someone starts punching someone, and you're like, well, I guess it's okay to punch people now, and then it goes a little bit further. No, but to, to compare those things together, and then Pearl Harbor, I mean, there's no way we're going to get a movie from January 6th that could potentially be worse than Pearl Harbor. So to try and compare those things, it's just not possible. Maybe we could. I don't know. It would probably be a pretty terrible movie, but it's not going to be as bad as Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor sucked. We all know that. All right. And the other thing is, that's, you know, there were over 2,000 people that died at Pearl Harbor also, and that was the catalyst for us entering World War II, where a lot more people died afterwards. All right? So, I, I find it disgusting to actually compare these things together. The, they are trying so hard to make sure that this stays the newest generation's 9-11, because my generation had 9-11. We had a 9-11. It was called 9-11. And the new generation needs it too, so they can push for their voter reform and all that because our elections are being stolen. The people that they are against are the people that don't want democracy. They want to prevent people from voting, mostly minorities. That's what they want to do. It's ridiculous. And they keep telling the story over and over again, like eventually... It's going to become the truth in people's minds. Has anyone listening right now that's in the group, has anyone seen Ender's Game, the movie Ender's Game? Kind of a random movie question, but um, I don't know if anyone's seen that. I would recommend it if you haven't. In that movie, <clears throat> in that movie, they tell this story about this commander that was fighting against the alien invasion and he they have all these dramatic storylines around it and eventually he sacrifices himself for the good of everyone and takes them down and that's how they won the war and they tell this story about I can't remember what his can't remember what his name was in it it was a really good movie overall and it reminds me of that they tell the story over and over again and spoiler alert <clears throat> so skip ahead a minute if you want to Spoiler alert, the, the story ends up being fake. It was just propaganda to get everyone's minds in, that, in this mindset that we need when all these big events happen. And that's really what it feels like they're doing. 
with January 6th. They need this. And why is it so much worse? Why is January 6th so much worse than, say, all of the protests that happened in 2020 when a couple dozen people died and there was billions of dollars in property damage? It hap- it's, it's worse because it affected their house. That's why it is. This affected the sanctity of our elected members. They called the Capitol, I think Kamala Harris talked about the Capitol, as hallowed as it is. They really see this as their church. And they see it as the, they, they see it as the temple for, for themselves, really, because the government is God and the government can fix everything. And so when you attack the Capitol, it's as if you're attacking God himself or herself or attacking the temple of their religion, which is collectivism. And they don't, they don't like that whatsoever. It threatens their power because the Capitol is the building of their power and really the White House and then all the other buildings around Washington, D.C. That's, that's where a lot of most of the power lies. But you, you get the thing, okay? And then, by the way, right after that, the election was still certified and Joe Biden's the president right now. The thing lasted for a few hours. Cops came in, cleared them out. Everything was mostly peaceful after that. And then, let's see, I'll skip this other clip I was going to do here, but Biden, the, the president, did some trickery yesterday that also really bothered me. The manipulation here really bothered me. In this sacred effort, Jill and I have mourned police officers in this Capitol Rotunda not once but twice in the wake of January 6th. Once to honor Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life the day after the attack, and a second time to honor Officer Billy Evans, who lost his life defending this Capitol as well. Okay, so just a nice little flip right there that, that a lot of people just aren't going to catch because they don't know the names of the people that were involved in this. Officer Brian Sicknick, they're still throwing out this idea that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and died. He died a day later from some type of a blockage of some sort. They ended up disproving the whole idea that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, although people are still going with this. It doesn't really matter. And then he talked about Officer Billy Evans. He said that we mourned Capitol Police officers. We came here twice in the wake of January 6th. And he mentioned Officer Brian Sicknick and then Officer Billy Evans. It's just a really, it's a really big problem with that. <laughs> Joe said he died with fire extinguisher, not of. <laughs> it's important to separate those two things out. So he, he did this thing that really bothered me, which is mentioning Officer Billy Evans. I'm going to pull this up real quick. Here's the important part. Officer Billy Evans was killed at the Capitol in April of 2021. That's the, that's the important part right there. Okay, but he said that they had mourned the lives of... Brian Sicknick, in the, he said, in the wake of January 6th. Now, what he means by in the wake of January 6th is after January 6th. So on January 7th, uh, Brian Sicknick died. And uh, Billy Evans, he died on April 2nd when someone rammed through there with their car and he was hit. Okay. From Washington Examiner, President Joe Biden in his Thursday speech condemning the events of January 6th. 
invoked without any proper context. Is he going to get a fact check saying lacks context, missing context? No, probably not. The name of a police officer murdered long after the Capitol riot by a self-described follower of the Nation of Islam. Biden lumped in Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans, who was killed in the car ramming attack by Noah Green on April 2nd, nearly two months after the riot. So why is it that he why is it that he did this? Well, he he obviously did it. He obviously did it because he needed to talk about people who had been killed on January 6th. They needed to make it a bigger deal, and so he lumped in this other person. Now, did he mention that they had been killed by someone who was a follower of Farrakhan? No, we didn't need to mention that. What does that have to do with the commem- the commemoration of January 6th whatsoever? And as everyone in the group is pointing out, the obvious problem here is whatever SUV this guy used. An SUV ran through the barricades at the Capitol and hit someone. And we are very upset about this SUV. So I, I really, I'm adding all of this into the dumb bleep of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and some of the things that they said during the January 6th extravaganza commemoration celebration that they had yesterday. It was like a January 6th telethon that they had going on. Charlie, I know you're in the Barbies, so this next one... is for me. I want to know your comments, although, I mean, I guess you'll just have to tell me your comments after we watch Besides this. Besides my love. Yeah, I mean, I know you're just real into Barbies and all that, and always have been. And uh, here is from Mr. James Kimmel, live, out there. <laughs> There's a new doll in town, and the fun is contagious. It's anti-vax Barbie. She's strong. She's independent. She doesn't trust science. Bill Gates is the Antichrist. Vaccines have Satan's blood. <laughs> Barbie comes with a computer so she can do her own research. Says here Moderna turns your teeth Jewish. Take your Barbies everywhere. Shopping. I'm sorry, you can't come in here without a mask. I have a medical condition. Oh, 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 I'm recording this bitch and you're going to jail. To the stables. Thank you for sharing your medicine, dancer. And on the plane. And the only mandate this Barbie cares about is with her proud boyfriend, Ken. Hi, Ken. Want to go throw eggs at nurses? Sorry, babe. Can't hear you. Alex Jones is talking about monoglobal antibodies. Anti-vax Barbie. Exclusively available in Florida and Kentucky. Barbie Dream Ventilator sold separately. Available at Walgreens. <laughs> you know what i It's actually pretty funny. Like I said, it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. All the t-shirts they came up with and everything, all the little subtle jokes in there. Oh. It's pretty fun. <clears throat> pretty, pretty hilarious. So what did they have in there? Let's see. She's against science. We know that. Mm-hmm. She has her laptop to do her own research. You shouldn't do your own research on no. stuff. You just listen to the experts. Don't question anything. Mm-mm. Never Oops. question at all. Yeah. Well, what else? Oh, the stables. So you could drink horse medicine. Yes. Out there. Because that's still a thing for her, sure. Her boyfriend with the Let's Go Brandon t-shirt on. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Who thinks it, it was monoclonal. And I, I feel like he, he said, said something an, other than anti-borders. He said something like that. that. And he's listening yeah. to Alex Jones. Yeah. So there was that. I thought all the t-shirts were pretty funny. 
Johnson and Johnson. What was that? Johnson and Johnson. Let me see what he said about the monoclonals. Or I don't think he said antibodies. Johnson and Johnson or Satan and Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. Can't hear you. Alex Jones is talking about monoglobal antibodies. Monoglobal yeah. antibodies. Okay. Monoglobal antibodies. Monoglobal. <laughs> One world. I, you know, hey. <laughs> Credit for being pretty funny. I yeah, you know. I mean, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's got a lot of, ironically, a lot of misinformation in it. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that just aren't true yeah. at all. And that's why it gets to be dumb. But credit to them. Normally, things aren't actually funny, too. And they actually did a pretty good job making something that was pretty funny. Yeah. So that's, a, that's dumb bleep number four. All right. Oh, and I have that Barbie set, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's nice. That's I even got the, the ventilator <clears throat> sold separately. This one, this one I thought was, okay. Dumb bleep number six. Charlie, I want to hear your thoughts on the Senate. Be thinking while you're watching this, just whether or not checks and balances or the Senate or anything is important like that. Because this is Stephen Colbert and Elizabeth Warren talking. Here we go. If you can't get rid of the filibuster, what about, and just hear me out here and try to hear this objectively. I'm ready. What if Mm -hmm. we just get rid of the Senate? (laughs) And I'm 100% serious here. It is the most anti-democratic institution next to the judiciary because the judiciary is only the way it is because the The Senate Senate is the way it is. No one would drop a single tear. You've already got tenure. You can go back to your old job. You'll be fine. (laughs) Spend more time with Bailey and Bruce, okay? I I I don't understand what possible positive purpose the United States Senate provides right now okay what was her answer to that i don't know that was a clip right there Mm. i don't i'm sure she defended the senate as long as it goes the way that she wants it to go more than likely so your thoughts on let's see there's no possible there's no positive purpose no possible purpose that the senate provides now while we talked maybe earlier it's the the most anti-democratic institution Mm mm-hmm Yes. Yeah. Very anti-democratic. You know, what everyone's mad about is the filibuster. And you can probably have a healthy debate about the filibuster, but essentially you're going to have a vote on deciding whether or not something's going to have a vote. Okay. And, and you, can, you can block stuff from coming to a vote. That's for, that's for sure. And they decide that they're going to filibuster something. And that's just been the rules here for, for quite some time now. It's only been gotten rid of a couple times. It, by the way, the Democrats didn't really seem to like it the last time it was gotten rid of. It was it was gotten rid of by Mitch McConnell, I believe. Harry Reid invoked that their nuclear option for some judiciary appointees also. And what's really weird is we end up having this 52 senators now that don't want to get rid of the filibuster. So that's what they voted on. And people are very upset about that. And it's a weird thing because people think that we should be able to have 50 votes tied plus one with Kamala Harris should decide everything in the country, but it's anti-democratic that 52 senators decided not to get rid of the filibuster. I have a hard time getting those two things together to make sense in my mind. Well, because democratic means, Nate, that you should follow, that, that the vote should line up with my beliefs. Yeah. That's what, because you, you see yourself as part of the majority. 
And so the, the majority should rule in these people's opinions, right? Now, we have to remember, first of all, the founders set up our government in a way, they did their best, let's say, to set up our government in a way that made it as difficult as possible to take away people's rights, right? They made it really hard to get bills passed. They made it really difficult to change anything inside of government and then made it even more difficult to change the constitution Mm -hmm. because they know the, the natural tendency of people with power is to give themselves more power. And what is, what is power lead to? I don't know. Corruption. Absolutely. Uh, Absolute. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) What's this? Absolute Absolute power power corrupts. corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the old that's the old wives' tale from the New Zealand <laughs> from Lord Wives' Tales. Yeah, exactly. Where it came from. Yeah, and so the the founders understood this because they just looked throughout history and were like, okay, well, anytime we've had something decent, it only lasts for a little bit because people in power just keep becoming more and more tyrannical. So they made things very difficult. And originally the Senate was set up as the higher chamber of the two houses, right? They're, they're a little bit above the house of representatives because they were to represent the state's interests in what was changing. So you have different interests in the federal government. Now, remember the federal government was created by the states. Okay. It is a union. It's a union of all the states coming together, and when they come together, they form this federal government. That's very important for people to realize because they don't think about things from that direction. They think that the federal government is this collection of the entire population of the U.S. and the states don't matter or anything like that. But that's not the way that it's supposed to be set up at all. Now we got the Seventeenth Amendment in there that screwed everything up, which yes. we talked about maybe earlier in the week again. Yes. So did, then they made the, 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 senates, the senators by popular vote because things were taking too long, whatever. They were able to squeak that type of thing in. But you have, in, in deciding the overarching power of the federal government, you had different interests, right? You had, obviously, the interest of the people, which is represented by the House of Representatives, because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative, a representative republic that uses a democratic process. However, it's not a true to democracy. And then you have the interest of the state because the state doesn't want the federal government to do certain things that eliminates their interest and power, right? Because you have to view the states as countries. They're sovereign that collectively decided to, to come together on certain enumerated things. And they didn't want they wanted a process to be able to expand that, but they wanted it to, to, to remain difficult so that that it wouldn't go outside of its enumerated bounds. What's interesting is that the states had to ratify the 17th Amendment. Just an interesting yes. thing to, to think about there, that they basically ratified an amendment giving up their vote on their interests in mm. Congress. This is the negative consequences of doing things like this. They didn't realize that by doing this, all these other things would actually happen. And so it's a, it was a, it was one of the more atrocious things I think ratified in the constitution right behind the income tax 
of the 16th Amendment. So 16th and 17th Amendments, really terrible. Mm. Really, really terrible. Yeah, I don't like them. Okay, that's a dumb bleep number. We should just get rid of the Senate. Yeah, but it's anti-Democrat. When they vote, I mean, you realize that like, you don't have a vote where like 49 senators get to vote and they win over the 51 senators. Mm. Like That's not a thing, is it? That happens? Mm. Like, oh, we got 49 votes, so we passed this law. Yeah. Is that a thing? No. Okay. What they do now is they're looking, because they got to find any any argument they possibly can, they're now looking at the populations that those senators are representing. And they're saying that the, the Democrats represent something like 35 million more people than the Republicans do. Of course, the Democrat normally in really large population centers. So they're still thinking about it from the exact wrong standpoint. When you're looking at a population basis, you should be talking at least about the House of Representatives. That would be a lot more, that'd be a lot closer. And it does represent a little bit closer to how the, those population dem- demographics come out, but that's not the way that the Senate goes. Well, that's how the House is based. Yeah. Yeah. It's based and, off population. And what I think we should do is just get rid of the Senate, the House, and why don't we just have the president decide everything? You know, we vote for the president. We'll just have a popular vote. We'll vote in the president and the president just gets to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I'm not an authoritarian. Okay. I believe in a democratic system where everyone gets a vote and we don't want any kind of tyrannical powers. I just think we need to get rid of this stuff and give all the power to one person. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I feel like all that makes sense. I don't see why it doesn't Mm -hmm. really at all. I hope you enjoyed this recap episode. Once again, you can vote on these to get to a dumb leap of the year by going to joingml.com. It's $6 per month. There's a bunch of really fun people in the group. We have tons of different channels uh, pertaining to different subjects. You can post news. We have a dumb bleep channel. We got a meme channel. We got stuff where people just talk about stuff that's off topic. And then, of course, you get to watch for all of our live episodes throughout the week. So that's joingmail.com. That's where you listen. And if you're not going to do that, you might as well make sure you're here for Dumb Leap of the Year, which is going to be on December 30th. Thank you.